0: Welcome to Coffee Podcast. I'm Emma. And I'm Ali.
1: Every episode, we play you a short story while we drink, usually a lot of coffee, because we need to stay caffeinated.
0: It's important to us. So this week, it is Emma's turn.
1: Yes, it is. I have chosen the award-winning short story, Birding, by Brenda Saunders, and it's going to be read by Annie Finster. Have a listen
2: sounds good I have been obsessed with birds for years going out recorder in hand to catch them calling in the wild but now a scrub wren has found a way to nest inside my head all day she scratches flutters her feathers pressed tight her heart beats fast magnified it pulses on and on in constant alarm Her sharp peeps keep me on high alert, drill an ache inside my brain. On and on she calls the same shrill discordant note. I fear her chicanery. Is she calling for a mate to fill my head? Her inner nest with progeny? When will it stop? Will she ever sleep? I have already lost the pace. My inner clock is out of sync. My balance tips in disarray. At night she sits behind my ear, chirps down tunnels, shuffles wings against the drum. I am sure she has grown. Packed in, she blocks all conversation. When I answer, I'm misunderstood. I try to explain, but the situation is diabolical. Others think I'm mad, I see it now. Only in exhausted sleep do I find relief. I dream of escape, digging in dark places, searching for silence, a kind of peace. I was
1: really drawn to that story at first because I felt it had this very magic realism quality about it where in the very first or second sentence, it kind of breaks away from something being said quite rationally or logically or yeah. realist. And it becomes this very magical analogy. And I love those stories.
0: Yeah. Mm. No, I, I liked it um, I found it a very good and effective analogy for like the feeling of anxiety hundred mm, percent the experience of anxiety, and particularly at defining that lack of purpose or goal that anxiety mm. can have when it's mm-hmm. not about you know I have to finish that project or I have to do that thing, it's just the the scratching the noise mm. that, um and I liked the um there was a line about the noise of the bird blocking out the conversation from outside and not being able to interact with the world in Mm. the same way because the noise in her head was so loud, which I thought was just a really great way of explaining anxiety. It's so
1: accurate. It really captured the dislocation you feel, like that complete and utter dislocation you feel when you are experiencing anxiety between what's happening inside your brain and the rest of the world and you can't hear and it's like you're swimming swimming through this soup instead of walking down the street you just feel completely disconnected and she really captured she and the writer really captured that through the way she described the movement of the birds scuttling and making all of those sounds in her brain and yeah. chirping down tunnels and these empty caverns of your mind that are meant to be there for peacefulness are now filled with chirps and squawks and scuttling and...
0: Yeah, and I also thought one other bit I really liked about her analogy was the way that that anxiety can grow mm. or multiply. Mm-hmm. You know, and the idea of your anxiety calling out for a mate yes. to create progeny. Yes. <laughs> like,
1: oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I think in my notes I wrote down, anxiety loves company. Yes. It's just looking the more <laughs> triggers and more fuel just to create more sound about something. But you're right in that it, it's totally directionless. Yeah. It's just looking for stuff to like feed on.
0: Yeah, that either in and of itself it can become bigger or, yeah, I don't know, I really liked that idea of that, yeah, anxiety having little chicks. Yeah. <laughs> just like it was just in your brain just going just like – little baby neuroses. It's okay, I've made new ones. <laughs> you didn't think they were coming, but I just made them. Mm. I have a nest and everything.
1: What I did love about it, though, was – It felt like the writer was giving you an opportunity to befriend this bird when they were imagining, you know, I want peace. Like, I want silence. I want to feel like digging in a dark place. And it just reminded me of the ways that chickens cool themselves down. They, like, find a shady bit of dirt and they, like, peck around it and scuttle into it and then they go and lie down in it. And I felt like... The writer was very deliberately trying to, like, there's a there's a way to befriend your anxiety, basically. Yeah.
0: So I don't know. I felt like that last bit. It was, to me, kind of felt like there was like an almost like an adjective missing or something because I couldn't tell exactly that if it was this kind of quite positive, you know, reclaiming the analogy for mm. herself, because I know I know that there are birds that that burrow and, mm. and dig into the dirt and, and hide in the darkness. And and if that was the analogy she was going for, or if it was this kind of almost complete rejection of the mm. bird analogy and, and instead of these, you know, beautiful animals that are, you know, in the sky and in the light that she was trying to distance herself from that analogy by mm. going with like a, a burrowing, mammal or, uh, yeah. or something yeah like that like mm, it just felt like creature. i wanted like an extra adjective in there to mm. tell me like where is to she take think- it. is she still thinking of a bird mm. or has she abandoned it so completely mm. because you know it, it does start with that beginning of i love birding and I, yeah you know, I, i've always loved learning about them and everything so mm. i was like you know, this analogy has gotten away from her and become something negative. Mm. So is she reclaiming it for herself or has it become, it stayed something negative and has mm. she left it behind yeah. in favour of a new favourite animal mm. or, or something?
1: Mm. Yeah, I wonder what the significance is of loving this creature in the beginning or maybe it's more of this is how this character understands the world you know exactly this is the way she maps it out these are the things that she looks for these are the kind of behavioral patterns that she understands and admires or is fascinated by so it kind of makes sense if she's looking at her own behavior to apply that thing that she knows so well yeah but i would like to think there's room to befriend this bird basically
0: yeah i think like you know, I think like the first time I listened to it, I probably listened to it in a more um, pessimistic sort of headspace. So kind of mm. saw it as, yeah, like the ending being this rejection. Mm. But then I listened to it again and in a more sort of optimistic headspace. And I was like, oh, but there are birds that do that. So, mm. yeah, like I said, it was sort of couldn't tell if she was embracing this analogy to to go back into a more positive mental health Mm. state well the ending isn't that positive it was this reject rejection of that analogy and therefore something she loved Mm. in order to like hide from her anxiety and do Mm. something else
1: yeah i mean i think that in the end it makes this real leap from inside her own Experience of this bird inside her brain, and it makes the leap from inside to outside, and how people see her. And she's like, yeah. People think I'm mad, and you're suddenly taken out of this magical metaphor back to how people see you in that way. And I think that's what makes the ending so heartbreaking at the end, and why it does feel negative is because suddenly. You're outside of her headspace and you realise she's in the world and she's struggling and there is no one around to help her take care of this bird in her mind.
0: That was something I wanted to ask you about is what you thought of that line, that others think I'm mad, but also the line straight afterwards, I see it now. And Mm. like, because that's, you know, obviously implies that something's changed for her. Mm. And it reminds me of uh, uh, something I read, you know, way back in like psychology 101 Mm. that, you know, mental illness is defined by whether or not it impacts your life. Mm. And so the idea that potentially before now, you know, she had this bird and loved it Mm. and it was just part of her. Mm. And then it's only seeing that other people change, you know, react to her as if she's mad makes her realize that. Or makes her feel Mm. like this is no longer a positive attribute. Yeah. And that it's something that must change.
1: Mm. Although it's interesting because it kind of means that she still has glimpses of awareness outside of the disconnect that she's in. Like the disconnected place. So she must have those moments of clarity to be able to perceive that difference. And maybe that's actually a good thing because she's not completely surrendered to this experience like she's not completely uh dislocated yeah so maybe it's a positive thing because if she can actually recognize a change or recognize that people are reacting to her differently that means she could have other glimpses of insight into how
0: else she could deal with this bird yeah and move into a more positive mental health space
1: yeah it reminded me of an article i read about if you give your anxiety a name it can really help. <laughs> Did you read that? I was seen like that before. this woman called her anxiety Clive or something. <laughs> but then it just became so much more manageable because Clive would just be chucking a tantrum or something and you'd be like, "It's okay, Clive." Just like, "Yeah, chill out. Come sit with me. <laughs> it's all right." And I feel like you could do that with this bird, like, you know, just like like chill, you know, like let's go have a little dust bath.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> Well, that's. I think, like, any sort of idea of, like, externalizing mm. those sorts of fears can help comprehend them so much better that you, mm. know, you can always get a better handle on it if you can get, just sort of have a way of going, like, Beth is being really mean to me again today. <laughs> yeah. All right. She keeps saying that I can't do this job, even mm. though we've already talked about it. And I know that I can. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: That's exactly right. Did it make you think about what your brain
0: animal would be? Oh, no, that's too terrifying. <laughs> I can't think like that. Because, like, I think the problem is that, like, the majority of my brain and the way it works, I'm like, it's it's already a cat. Like, it's already just, like, it's trying to curl up in a corner somewhere and just go, like, I'm sorry. I'm having quiet time right now. <laughs> and then so, it just like, gets I up like, and, like,
1: knocks something off the brain table.
0: I feel like if I was going to give, like, my anxiety an animal, it would have to be just, like some sort of, like, tiny, tiny, like, puppy dog or something oh. who just cannot stop, like, attacking a cat. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> Not in, like, a mean way, but just, oh. like, keeps, like, just going, like, I want to play, I want to play, I want to play, I want to play, I want to play. Oh, okay. And the cat's just there going, like, I really just wanted quiet time right now. <laughs> That's a pretty good analogy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to think of what mine would be, but it just seemed very mysterious and unknown and I don't know and then I was thinking a platypus (laughs) like running around and like diving around and being mysterious and then getting really cheeky and getting up all in your face and then like just going away for a while and you're like where did it go and then coming back and splashing around and then turning into a shark (laughs) (laughs) I
0: was thinking like because if you were doing a platypus then like if anything that would just be like That that way that anxiety can feed on itself because then you just be like I can't find it. Where's it gone? Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) And then you're like, oh wow, it's just around, (laughs) chilling, and it's just you know having happy little swim. And then it's a shock. And then it's a shock. (laughs) So that was birding by Brenda Saunders, which is in the spineless wonders anthology called Shuffle. And tell us what animal. Your brain would be in the Facebook group, Coffee Podcast.
0: Yeah. Or if you have any other spectacular uh, analogies for anxiety. Yeah.
1: Let's all get anxious about comparing them.
0: That's true. We should really try and inspire some anxiety while doing this project. Like, Consider your it anxiety pro- is like that? My anxiety <laughs> is like that? Consider it homework. You know, it has to be Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no let us all yeah, befriend no. befriend our anxiety clive clive's very
0: very friendly occasionally mm. occasionally so you can do that on the facebook page coffee podcast
1: mm-hmm. and rate review and subscribe to coffee podcast wherever you listen to podcasts itunes android we're on the short australian stories website we're everywhere
0: i know because we're also supported by the Australia Council for the Arts.
1: We're so artsy.
0: And caffeinated.
1: Guys, stay caffeinated.
2: Bye.